What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of New York City Meets Bama. I'm your host, Chris Merriman. And I'm Katerina Fink. Hey, guys, just to add in here, I am not an attorney. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a financial advisor, right? I'm a redneck from Alabama who just got taught some stuff through going through the mud and being slung around, right? So this is for educational purposes, right? I am not licensed in any kind of way. I did not pass the bar. I'm just telling you some of these things that have really benefited me through my life experiences and what has helped me grow exponentially as a person and my company grow exponentially. So listen to these details, but just know that that's my disclaimer. Listen to the rest of what I got to say. Learn you something. On today's episode, we are bringing back to you, it is Katarina and myself, just your two hosts. We've actually got some important topics to cover for you on today's episode. We all know being an entrepreneur is hard. It comes with lots of mental challenges and confidence struggles. For me, I've dealt with imposter syndrome and found that talking to someone has helped me find myself and strengthen my confidence. It can be difficult to navigate it on your own. Now, because of professional therapists, you don't have to. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. No matter where you are, you can talk to a professional therapist that fits your unique needs and an affordable cost. Just fill out a few questions and BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in just days. Put yourself first and use BetterHelp services today and you will receive 10% off your first month of BetterHelp. Use the link in the description below this show. You deserve to be happy too. Use the link betterhelp.com slash NYC meets Bama. Again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash NYC meets Bama. BetterHelp wants all of you to be as successful as possible and help you reach your fullest potential. Connect with the therapist today. So today we're going to be going through all this business structuring that we did. And the first thing that we're going to jump into is LLCs, right? Everybody tells you immediately, whenever you're going to start a business, they're like, oh, well, obviously you need an LLC. And this sort of was a stall point for me because I didn't know whether to make my own, to go to an attorney, which attorney. Some people told me to go to LegalZoom. This was a problem and it was holding me back because everybody said, do this before you start doing any business. And I didn't know why, right? So let's dive into some LLCs. There's your state LLC. There's Nevada LLCs, Wyoming LLCs, Nevis LLCs, which is you know out of the country, right? So you can set up these things in country or offshore, whichever. And a big problem for people is not knowing who to go to. So I'm going to just be transparent with you. And, and for the reason that we make LLCs is typically for asset protection, right? And most LLCs are 100% pierceable once you actually get into a lawsuit or get into court with it. So most of the time people go to an attorney or go to LegalZoom and make an LLC. That is 100% okay. That is legal to do so. And it will file your taxes and all the things. And they make a bank account for this LLC. And now they think, oh, look, I've got asset protection. You know, I'm a separate entity from myself, which is typically not the case. Good attorneys can always break through an LLC, right? Because there's multi, multiple pieces to an LLC. There's an operating agreement. There's your articles of incorporation, right? And all these things can be pushed through or holes poked in by attorneys. So your operating agreement that you got whenever you made your LLC or if you go on LegalZoom to see what it looks like, is gonna be probably five pages or less. And that does not accomplish or encompass what your company is actually gonna do, 
right? So that's a five pager that gets the bare bones needed just to open the LLC. What that means is all the things that you didn't cover in the LLC, the state has their own set of requirements that you default to. And obviously, once you do that, an attorney can break through everything because you probably didn't follow the state's 400-page operating agreement, right? Which means now you're pierceable. Common mistake. Commingling money, which means you know you spent money out of your business bank account for groceries or going to the movies or whatever. Now you're treating it like an alter ego, which means it's pierceable. So with all that being said, that that's what people need to understand when you're making an LLC, that up front, you're probably going to do it wrong. You're probably going to be vulnerable. And the easiest way to protect yourself is typically going to be through an LLC and then having insurance and structuring above it as your net worth grows. So upfront, start an LLC. I don't care if it's with an attorney, with LegalZoom, whatever. If you're not spending big bucks and you don't understand and you're not coming out with a large operating agreement, you're probably going to be vulnerable still. So get the LLC, start, and as your net worth grows, we start to stack more layers of protection on you. We're also going to dive into anonymity um, versus asset protection. A lot of people you'll hear talking about trust. You've got revocable living trust, land trust, irrevocable trust, asset protecting trust in Nevada and Delaware and everywhere else that uh, are supposedly going to help benefit you if you got sued or something happened where somebody was coming after you or a creditor was coming for you to take money out of your bank account, which we obviously don't want. And the primary difference between anonymity and asset protection is that anonymity most people think is, oh, I'm invisible now. Nobody can sue me. Nobody can touch me. That's not the case. I don't care if you've got registered agents, managers for your company, whatever scenario somebody told you to buy into, whenever they subpoena you to go to court, you are supposed to get that letter. And once you do, you still are going to go to court and now everybody knows who you are. So that's not what anonymity means. Anonymity, the purpose of it is to eliminate visual ability for an attorney to see how many assets you have. So if you can separate yourself and all your other entities from each other, whenever somebody slips and falls at a rental property and the tenant goes to an attorney and he says, oh, yeah, they've only got one house. It's probably not worth it. They're going to look at your insurance at worst case scenario and go after whatever liability coverage you have on an umbrella policy. That's why you have insurance, right? Because he can only see one asset. He's going to probably tell the tenant, no, nah, there's no real probable cause here, meaning he doesn't want to take the case because he doesn't think you have enough money. No attorney goes after people that don't have money, right? That's, that seems naive. It's Unless they're doing a pro bono case or something like that, but still, that's not their end goal. So you've got LLCs, inshore, offshore. You've got your trust, you know, whatever structure there, limited partners, you know, family limited partnerships. These are all a bunch of big words that should not scare you at first because the step one is to just make the LLC and get proper insurance. That's all the protection you're going to need until your net worth starts growing to half a million, you know, a million. Then we start putting other things in place, right? Then you're going to go from having an LLC to an LLC for each property or a series LLC. And then you're going to go up to having a holding company. Then you're probably going to go into having a trust set up for estate reasons. Then you're going to go to having trust set up for asset protection reasons, right? But none of it matters if you start the base layer and you don't know how to properly operate the LLC. So start with one LLC, operate your business, learn the proper mechanics of it, that way you're not pierceable whenever you get to the big leagues. So it's just like everything else. You can throw a bunch of money at it first, but if you don't operate it correctly, you're still not going to have the results you want. So it's a stepping stone, just like all of it. Start at the LLC and work your way up. Yeah, so vetting attorneys, I would say, is a huge, huge part of our business now. Whenever somebody says, oh, what attorney you use, I say, for what? Because I don't have an attorney. I have a legal counsel, right? So 
depending on my problem or what I'm addressing, depends on who I go to. I don't have a one size fit all attorney. I think that's naive. My attorney who does my LLCs, that's what they do for a business. They're a business attorney, right? My real estate attorney is who closes our real estate transactions. That's what they do for a living, right? Our estate planning attorney, right? They handle all of our trust building and all this stuff. So that's something really important that I think everybody should address is if that's not what that person does, of course my real estate attorney can make an LLC. He's gonna pump it off the state website, charge me 500 bucks and bam, I've got an LLC that does minimal things. But if I go to my business attorney, I've got a functional LLC that matches my business structure that I can adequately use and not be pierced whenever the time comes if something goes astray. Same thing with your insurance brokers. This is so huge. If you're like, oh my gosh, my attorney said go get an umbrella policy, general liability insurance, and you went to a broker and they pumped out a quote real fast with ask, asking you uh, minimal questions, and they don't know how your business works, you didn't go to lunch with them or anything like that, it's a problem. It's about like having a cheap LLC off LegalZoom. It works, it makes you feel better, you can sleep at night, but it's not actually effective when things go astray. So your broker needs to understand all aspects of your business and you need to be transparent with them. That way they can adequately protect you because you don't want gaps in insurance coverage because your insurance is a huge part of your beginning protection. So you don't want to get up to a million dollars in net worth. You haven't transitioned to having these multi-phase LLCs and trusts lined up yet for adequate protection. You get hit with something, you have a trip and fall or a slip and fall at a property. You don't want all that to be at jeopardy because if your insurance company didn't do it a yearly audit with you and cover those extra properties and that's where the accident happened, you'd say, oh no, it's gonna be on my insurance. Your insurance is gonna say, no, we didn't know about that property. It's not actually covered, right? So yearly audits and communication with your broker is essential and your attorneys and then obviously your CPAs and accountants, right? If you are in real estate investing, you don't wanna to go to a CPA who's working for a bunch of doctors, okay? You're like, he's high net worth, he does big things. It's not the same industry. You go for specialized knowledge to these individuals. That is who you need for this. And there's plenty of you can still find economical. That's just your job to track these people down, right? Have in-depth conversations with them. Let Tell them about your business to make sure they adequately fit the bill. All of this should be specialized in that manner. If you go to a blanket attorney to get your LLCs and a blanket CPA, expect to have you know high tax bills. Then a blanket insurance broker, expect to have a weak policy, a weak LLC, and paying a lot inside taxes because you didn't have anybody specialized within your company. These people aren't employees to you, but they can be extremely strong assets to your company if you utilize their connections properly, right? So, you know, whether you're gonna go for a C Corp, S Corp, you know, or a disregard entity, or you gotta be taxed as a partnership for whatever you got going on, you know, different people coming in and out of your business, that's all what needs to be talked about with your CPA and account because every real estate business, besides a few strong things, like, you know, a lot of people say don't hold real estate and S Corps, that's a pretty given once you get into it, but that situation is gonna be based on how you operate your business because the IRS views rentals as a different entity as Airbnb and short-term rentals and different from flipping houses and all these things, right? Commercial stuff is different too. So they're all separate and that has to be addressed on how you run your business. So if you copycat a guy who's a flipper and you're a buy and hold person, you're probably gonna get impacted by that. That's why you need a specialized CPA who understands this in depthly. You should ask them, okay, great. Do you have any rental properties? Well, if they got three, they at least understand the ball game properly and they're probably utilizing their three better than most people would 10 for tax advantages and benefits. So that's, that's the game there. And that's just to get you a business structure started, right? LLC, insurance, then go back to your attorney as your net worth grows to see how do we adequately protect assets. 
Always do audits with your insurance brokers to make sure your company is constantly protected in every way with your general liability, workman's comp, umbrella policies. Also make sure that you get a personal umbrella policy as well with that. The personal umbrella policy protects you as a person you go out and have a wreck and injure a doctor or possibly you know, kill someone or your child does it's under your instruction there. 16 year old kid goes out and parties and does something bad or dumb. You will be the one that sued for it because you're the person that has the assets and money. You need that personal umbrella policy to protect you during those times of grief and, and headache and heartache there because it can be very impactful for you to have done nothing wrong and all of a sudden everything's being attacked and taken from you. So that personal umbrella policy is just as strong and important as the commercial umbrella policy. Start out with the state minimums if you want to, you know, a million dollars liability, all that stuff. Work your way up, right? You know, right now we're at, you know, well, I'm not going to say on, on live here in case an attorney wants to go after some money. But <laughs> anyways, it's a, important to step that up as your net worth grows as well. Everything should be stair-stepped. Don't have, get sold on a $40,000 asset protection package because I guarantee you it's actually useless because you didn't know how to properly manage it, maintain it, and all those things. There's some crazy stuff to get sold out here. Start small, stair-step, get specialized education and advice and uh, let that influence your business and build it out in the best way that serves you. Some things that in my actual business that I wish I would have done starting out, besides knowing all this about the structuring, would be all of our SOPs and KPIs that we track today. Oh my gosh, if I would have been recording all the actions that I took during my business, because I wasn't so great at all the business structuring and the things I'm talking about now, that's why it's so important to me. I was good at closing deals and making things happen, but I was horrible at organization. If all I did was record the things that I did and track them, the way that Katarina has been able to help me, and, and we've expanded so fast, now we're getting websites built, yeah. employees working for us, and everything's working like time clock and in perfect harmony because everybody's perfectly trained in. They know exactly what to do because Katz went in and, and recorded so much of this and created an SOP for it, and now we can track everybody's performance by tracking their KPIs, their key performance indicators. So. We're probably gonna let Kat dive into some of that with you guys because it's it's super essential. If you want to scale, that is the next phase that you have to be able to implement in your business. Well, Chris, it's also how are you going to delegate? You know, you have to have everything recorded so people know the way that you do your business and the way that you are going to record your KPIs, how you function as a company using different platforms because everyone uses different platforms in their own way as a company. Yes. So. Being able to record that to be able to delegate to someone else is very essential. And you've also taught me that with, you know, having people edit podcasts or any of your social media, showing exactly. them how what your style is and how you want to function as a company is very important when you have other people working for you. So for SOPs, Chris, what does SOP stand for? Standard Operating Procedure, and it's super essential to your business and its growth. Yes. So... For me, when I go in and I decide, okay, how do we want our employees to function and to properly use our systems and processes, I think for myself, how would I do it? So the way that I take notes ever since I was a kid was I have a title and then I have the basically subtitle to it and all the details I would think in my head and write it down. So for different processes. So say you're using Basecamp and you want to teach them how to use it. How would you function it as yourself? So just writing it in bullets, putting it in documents such as 
Google Docs, having folders in there, and then having just spreadsheets that people would be able to fill out or use as a step procedure to go through. So for us, having people be able to go through a checklist is really important. And so you would make the checklist, but then have a template for that checklist, because once you have a template, then you can go back to it once you hire more people for the same job. So you're not having to remake the same thing if someone already used it and it worked. You are making a template so you can reuse it, repurpose, and hopefully use it in different parts of your business. Yes, and guys, some of you out there are listening to this right now going, oh my gosh, this sounds painful. Well, I am also one of those individuals. This was a hard thing for me to do, and that's why Kat showed me so much with it, because now she can step-by-step tell me how to record what I'm doing, how to explain why I'm doing things. And with that in mind, while I'm actually doing my income producing activity, I hand it off to her to build an SOP, but that doesn't mean it has to be you building your SOP. If that sounds painful, just find somebody who can do it, whether it's somebody that's virtual or in office or whatever, and get to where you understand each other. They understand what you're trying to say and accomplish, record it for them so they can build out an SOP. It's it's mandatory for you to scale your company. We couldn't do anything. We couldn't have partners. You can't have employees. My first employee was a high paid assistant. And then, yeah, she sat around for the first like three weeks because I couldn't explain to her what to do. I was like, this is what I want done. And she's going, okay, great. How do we do it? Well, I had nothing built out for her. Now from Kat building these SOPs out, we can not only, she knows exactly what to do daily on task. We have a CRM in place to track what's actually going on behind the scenes in the company where we can track KPIs. And that pretty much shows us their efficiency each day and what they're being effective at and what's suffering. Whenever you know what's suffering in a company, you know what to address, right? So we go back into the process and try to figure out why is this part of the company failing or suffering or declining because yeah. something's happening, whether it's in the the mind of the employee that's doing it or something in their schedule or something in their life, whatever it is, you at least know there's a problem to address. Whereas you just have a suffering in your bank account if you don't have a KPI to tr- track it. You'll just be saying, I need to go work harder because we're suffering. That's not the case. There's a reason and a place in your business that this is being, uh, that this is happening and there's a way to address it through SOPs and KPIs. Yeah. And another thing that, Kat, how would you suggest people to to try to select their CRM, right? There's so many out there. Like I went through those things and I ended up just giving up like, because that's just not my part of the business, right? Right. So you have to think about how do you want to organize your business? What is the purpose of you having it? So for us, we have projects and we have people working on different projects. So we want to have that organized almost as a filing system. But then there's other people who are like, I just want a checklist for my employees and that's all they need to go by. So in that case, you would use something like Trello because that's very much a delegation and a checklist platform. So you can have different columns. So say you want to do something for long-term projects. You have a checklist for that. Then you have your to-dos today, to-dos the week, and then your projects that are done. So you would organize it in that way for checklist purposes. But for us, we had to do it in a project Yeah, I think, think Trello is really user-friendly. And it is a project-oriented CRM, but it's, um, it's not good for a big team because there's a lack of communication. You can see what's getting done and it is project based so you, it's easy and user friendly to operate but if you've got a bunch of people moving around and having moving parts all you can see is check boxes marked off there's not a ton mm-hmm. of back and forth communication within it. So I've worked for multiple companies all throughout college and that was the one thing that companies had an issue with what CRM to use and 
which one was effective for them and how to use just one and not multiples. I had companies that would use things like Trello or Slack and Asana at once. They're paying for both platforms to do two different functions when they could just find one that does both. So what we found useful is Basecamp. Basecamp, you can create projects, you can communicate with your team, you can have ongoing conversations, almost like texting. And I also suggest if you are in communication with your employees daily, don't have your communication on email. WhatsApp and your CRM. Have one that you know you guys can rely on and communicate no matter what, because if you're texting important things through WhatsApp and then also talking about the same project in Basecamp, you're gonna have information in so many different platforms, you're not gonna know where to look and how to stay organized. And that was pretty crippling to my business because we transition like that all the time. One information would be inside emails, text messages, then WhatsApp. And that's not even nothing within the CRMs. That was just, without us using a CRM, it was just turning into utter chaos all the time. So these are the things that I wish I knew starting out. You know, start small with your business structuring, just get your LLC, get the boots on the ground and work on yourself getting the specialized knowledge to operate those things. Same thing within the actual business operations. Work on closing the deals, getting everything streamlined. And then once you have it streamlined, record these things out. Right? That's how you build the SOPs. Having a recording of yourself is the first step of duplicating yourself, which is necessary for scaling, right? Then once you duplicate yourself and have someone else doing that, then track that as a KPI, right? Then plug it into a CRM where everything's in front of you every day. So now your operations day went from this much workload to actually just managing what everyone else is doing. Your duplications that you made out there, your clones, and then tracking their KPIs <laughs> and helping them accomplish more each day. That's why these guys are like, how are they doing so much, but actually doing so little each day and they're still fit and they're eating a great diet and they do mobility training and yoga three hours a day, <laughs> right? It's because that's how their business is system and structured out. So they're working this much instead of this much. I will say at the beginning of your business, you should be ready to work your tail off, right? Because that's just a part of opening a business. If you think it's going to be easy, you're probably not going to make it. The thing I will say that most people don't is that all this can be accomplished in a year's time. This, it's not constant year after year of pain. If you just work your ass off for 12 months, all this pain point that's rough in the beginning can be shortened after that and be compressed, right? Then you can start going towards the life you wanna live, creating your business around the lifestyle that you want, right? Whether you wanna travel, whether you wanna be left alone, whether you wanna be on the stage talking and influence the world to make a difference, whether you wanna feed the hungry and build homes in you know, Haiti or dig wells in Africa. <laughs> I, I'm making jokes right now to some of my friends that have all these nonprofits and doing amazing things in the world because they've done this same thing and implemented this in their business. So they have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So organization isn't as much as you think it's wasting time. It's actually saving time. The amount of time that you would be spending looking through email, WhatsApp and Basecamp is saved by just having one way that you are organized and teaching your employees how you guys are going to function. So I think we're in the right steps in that. And like Chris said, it could take a year if you work your ass off, not saying that you are going to 100% succeed the whole entire year, you're gonna <laughs> fail. You're gonna fall right on your ass. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't get back up because I know so many people who think, oh, entrepreneurship or building your own business, whatever it is, you do it and then right when you fail, that means you're done. You can't get back up. That's a mindset that I've never been exposed to until recently, and it's so interesting that that's how people function because entrepreneurship, that's the point. You're learning, you're gonna fail, 
because you're learning. That's the point. And that's, that's it, how you yeah. grow. Absolutely, yeah. My dad had a saying that was, work like no man will for two years, live like no man can for the rest of your life. Now, Aww. I missed that a little bit on the years, and so did he, but it's just because the level that we wanted was greater than, you know, the average human or the 10%. We want to be into the 1% class, right? So that took more time, but it was uh, something that stuck with me, and it's a part of you're going to fall down into the mud, wipe it back off, keep moving forward. People are going to attack you. People are going to hate. Your friends and family may not support you, and that's all a-okay. Push forward because what you're after can be accomplished and will be accomplished if you keep going after it. And it's worth it in the end, guys. Yeah, for sure. So that's a pretty good wrap-up for everybody. I think that gives everybody some action steps on how to structure the LLCs, make sure their insurance is proper, how to vet these guys so they're not getting taken advantage of because an attorney will not hesitate to make you pay two, five thousand dollars for an LLC that does nothing. It will absolutely do nothing except for help you file your taxes. So if that's what they did and they got you an S-Corp, great. That's what you paid two to three thousand dollars for whenever you could have done it in most states for less than 300 bucks on your own. So it's just all about your interest there. So, and guys, also, if you liked this episode and want to learn more about the knowledge that we personally have, please comment and let us know because we would love to do these again, but we yeah, are definitely going most to Most of these subjects that we just went through, we can do a deep dive on, guys. You just yeah. tell us what your actual struggle is today, and we can dive into it. If it's a certain section of your business or an employee that you're having issues with or failing right now or, or their performance is declining, you know, or business structures or a lawsuit coming at you, whatever it is, let's talk about it. Bring the questions to us, and let's break it open and do a deep dive on it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Good job, Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so you can find us on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. So at NYC Meets Bama, and we are so excited to see you guys next week. All right, thank you guys. Thanks. Take Bye. care.